0: This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Shepperville
1: Mills Baptist Church. Welcome to another edition of The Faithful Expositor. I'm your host, Joe Carpenter, and today I'm again here in the studio with Brother John O. Sims, and today he's uh, brought a friend with him. Brother, who you got with you today? I have my lifelong
0: friend, Brother Richard Segoe. a thirty-plus year expositor, verse by verse expositor of the Word of God, and uh, Brother Richard is here this week, um, Sunday, yesterday through Wednesday, hmm. preaching a renewal, a season of repair, a season of restoration. We're praying for
2: a season of revival, and uh, Brother Richard, welcome. Well, thank you, brother. It's certainly a, a joy to be here with you guys and your your sweet church and. I consider it an honor Amen, and to be brother. spending this week with you. Amen. Um, just to introduce Brother Richard to everybody
0: listening, uh, Brother Richard is the pastor of East Anali Baptist Church in Riceville, Tennessee, kind of over in mm-hmm. East Tennessee, uh, about 40, 45 minutes from Knoxville. Um, on... Wednesday of this past week, you and Julie, uh, another friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, celebrated 31 years mm-hmm. of marriage. That's right. Congratulations. That's right. Mm-hmm.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's mm-hmm. been a blessing. And
0: y'all have three girls Carrie, Chrissy, and Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And um, Kaylee has your grandbaby. That's right. Now, Lucy. She's
2: almost three years old. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's sweet. So you could say, I love Lucy. I can. <laughs> Amen, I brother. can,
0: brother. Amen. <laughs> <I> can. Amen. <laughs> Well, brother, welcome, and we're so glad that you're here, and when the Lord providentially led you to be here this week, I knew that on this Monday, I would want you to come on the Faithful Expositor, Mm -hmm. because that's what you are, brother. Um, You're a Faithful Expositor. You're a good friend of mine, and I think it's a great value for our people that listen to hear from you. and. Um, we'll get to some of those things on exposition here, I hope, in a few minutes. Okay. But, man, I, after I got up this morning and prayed and got with the Lord, the Lord modified my direction just a little bit, and I thought we'd just kind of sit around and chat and have a sure. round table here. Sure. And um, um, you preached yesterday evening in our church from Psalm chapter 1, mm-hmm. and it was a great message that you preached, and it was a challenge that... The Lord used you to challenge our congregation to challenge me with about just returning to devotion to Christ through his word, Mm -hmm. through the study of the word. And I told you this morning that you made a statement last night in your message that I wanted to just maybe just pick right up right here. And this is as close to a quote as I can get, Mm -hmm. but you said that in churches like ours that are expositional churches, doctrinal Mm -hmm. churches that focus in, rightly so, on the word of God and rightly dividing the word of truth, you said that what churches like ours often um, corporately exalt, that is Mm -hmm. the word of God, Mm -hmm. we often are in danger of ignoring personally. Right. Kind of explain right. to us
2: what you mean by that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we focus a lot uh, in our churches, like yours and mine, on sound scholarship mm. in the pulpit, and we should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't want to minimize that whatsoever. We, we can't put a high enough premium on rightly dividing the word of truth, teaching our churches doctrine, theology, et cetera. But as you know, all that can become very mechanical. Mm. And um, our people sometimes, I think, because they get such a balanced diet from the pulpit, you know, yeah, because they're always going to a restaurant um call the church, so to speak, you know, and get mm-hmm. and getting served so well that they never eat at home, yeah. yeah, you know, and um i I think there's there's a communion there's a, I think a great word would be intimacy that that can get ignored or we can get complacent about, and um I'd even say it like this, that if, if we're not careful, it's almost like our people can live out their devotional life vicariously through the pastor. Right. You know? Especially when there's a solid man in the pulpit every week, week in, week out, solid staff. And as a result of that, <clears throat> you know, we just we just don't have that, mm-hmm. that first love kind of relationship with Christ that's born out and, and fleshed out in our own prayer closet and Bible study. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what I meant by that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I can only tell you, brother, that it was spot on. I hope everybody listening... Brother Joe, and if you'll remind them again at the end, we'll go to our Facebook page and listen Mm -hmm. to all of the messages you've preached so far, but particularly last night. Brother, you challenged our church to 21 days Mm -hmm. uh, of returning to Christ devotionally through the Word of God. Mm -hmm. I personally accepted that challenge. Uh, I laid that challenge out in front of our congregation. and. So many people overwhelmed me last night and said, that's exactly what I needed. It was a call to us from God to return to that intimacy mm-hmm. and to return to that devotion. And I think the very thing that you've described has happened at Shelbyville Mills. I think we have exalted corporately the Word of God, but I think many of our folks may have ignored it personally. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, I see that as a revival, brother. That's one of the ways God renews
2: us, restores us, mm-hmm. revives us, and pulls us back. Absolutely, man. Anytime you go back to those fundamentals, yeah, <clears throat> you know it's kind of like a ball team they they practice those fundamentals and because if you get weak in them, you know yeah. you, you don't perform as well, and I know this is not a performance, but the principle stands. you go back to the elemental things, the fundamentals of the faith, yes, you know, well, you
0: gave an il- opening illustration last night in your sermon about roots, and, yeah, and yeah. having a root system, and you know the Psalm chapter one that you preached from last night Mm -hmm. talks about a tree being planted by the rivers of waters, giving its fruit in its season. The leaf doesn't wither, you know. It doesn't Mm -hmm. fear the drought, Mm -hmm. and
2: Mm -hmm. um, this is one of those root things, isn't it? It is. I mean, it really is, man. And it's how God is sovereignly and providentially orchestrated for us to produce maturity—a mature root system—with the fertilizer being the Word of God and prayer, meditation, and all those things. Delighting in the Word. So, yeah, I mean, um, if we're going to have stability that I talked about last night, fertility yeah. and all those things, we've got to have an intricate root system. And, you know, it yeah.
0: says in Psalm chapter one, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Mm-hmm. And you really challenged us with, um, you know, delighting in the Lord's word, right? right. meditating on it, mm-hmm. you know, that almost murmuring under our right. breath all right. day long, the word of God and reciting it and mulling it over and ruminating. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. the. Keyword you use, which we don't hear much anymore, is meditating. Right. right. Um, what would be your counsel to people that would hear this and say, "Okay, then I'm going to have to, you know, have a two and a half hour quiet time every morning
2: to get right, right. with God"? What would you right. say to them, brother? Well, what I would say, uh, first of all, um, let me let me start here. I, I would say that let me give this caution. Let's not lose words like meditation. Let's not let the devil hijack our words. We had them first, okay? So Mm -hmm. the whole Eastern mysticism kind of thought, meditation, Zen, you know, yoga. I think sometimes people Mm -hmm. misunderstand that word altogether as it being some sort of of out-of-body kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But, you know, what I would say, man, um, let me me use this illustration. when it comes to just getting in shape physically, for instance, uh, I had always been of the persuasion that, you know, the way to do that, brother, and, and you're a cyclist, so I know that you, you would understand this, is that you you spend an hour and a half on the treadmill, mm-hmm. you know, and and all that. But then, you know, things develop and modify, and, and I've discovered that 20 minutes of interval training, I get more benefit from that. Yes, so, sir. in other words, it's more intense. Yeah. Than an hour and a half on the treadmill, and so I would just kind of relate that maybe to, to what meditation is. It, I think, length or duration of the time of meditation really is immaterial. Right. Uh, if it is an hour, great. Mm. If it's fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. that's intense, engaged, mm-hmm. and with the intimate, Lord and mm-hmm. intimate, uh, brother. That's just as effective, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And so I, I think I think it's uh, it's a path to dissatisfaction, it's a path to bondage to say, you know, well, for me to really meditate, I've got to put a time frame on this and Mm -hmm. spend X amount of time. And then when you don't, self-guilt and all that stuff kicks in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. So it's not necessarily as much quantity as it is quality. I really Mm -hmm. think it is, man. I I do. Um, And I think that's what I always desire and and shoot for is just – Whatever amount of time it is, is, is it really high quality? Don't you know? think, too, you know, the devil's always trying
0: to offer us a substitute, and rather than meeting with God and loving Christ and being sure. intimate with him, Satan sure. wants to develop some elaborate system, here again, once again, mm-hmm. where we bow our knee to a system yeah. rather than we do yeah. really yeah. get with Christ and treasure him
2: and, mm-hmm. you know, be intimate with him and hear from him, you know. Right, right, man. I think you're right. We— um we ought not be ignorant of Satan's devices and some of the ploys that he uses are not these ugly, you know, black, dark, demonic kind of things. It's mm. it's just the substitutes, yeah. and and that's what he's always mm-hmm. done. You know, is is you know try to give you a placebo of sorts. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what you see in a lot of that stuff's pride, man. Mm. Uh, people, oh, I spent mm. an hour with the Lord in prayer today, and and you know. To be as diplomatic as I can, sometimes mm-hmm. I just want to say, who cares? Yeah. You know, tell yeah. me what happened. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you engage with Christ? What differences made in your life, et cetera?
0: You know, when we were in the office this morning, we I wish we would have just recorded that, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, as yeah. as we just sat around and talked. But we talked about this morning, uh, Warren Wiersbe always says, blessed are the balanced,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and that mm-hmm. ought to be a beatitude. And mm-hmm. balance, balance, balance is what we tell each other all the time. And, mm-hmm. and I would say, and this is one of the discussions we had this morning, that the older I've gotten, you learn what it means to walk with God, right. and you encounter verses of Scripture like 1 Thessalonians where it says pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's only one way to honor the command to pray without ceasing, and that is to always be communing with the Lord. Right. And so I right. do believe that the the more you mature, it becomes a walk, mm-hmm. and you're always in communication with God. Yes. But I think we all agreed this morning, while that's true, it, it never, you know, it never fulfills the need mm-hmm. for those some of those structured times mm-hmm. right. with the
2: lord right. in devotion do you agree with that i do i, I think it's a pitfall to say either or right I, I think it's always the right approach both in mm-hmm. yes sir. you know we we do need the structural time uh, those hermeneutical principles that we teach our people we still want them to employ those in their mm-hmm. own personal devotion but uh, it's not just the academics of it, then then there's that heart side of it. I think you mentioned heart in an Correct. earlier, and that's important to God. Yeah. He looks upon the heart, right? Yeah. So there's there's the energy of it, the, pa- the passion, I think, is a good word yeah. for it. We need, we need all that, you know?
0: One thing that you said yesterday that was especially convicting to me was that the congregation ought to see a growing pastor. Mm-hmm. The congregation mm-hmm. ought to see a maturing pastor, and you quoted a passage of Scripture I think that Paul was talking about, uh, tell us about that again. To,
2: to Timothy, to Timothy. Uh, where the admonition is, 1 Timothy 4, verses 13, 14, 15, I think, something like that. You know, he's exhorting Timothy to read and study mm-hmm. and, and, and all those things, The discipline, some of the disciplines, and, uh, and he says so that your growth may be evident to all. Mm-hmm. I think the heart of our people always would be we have an incredible pastor, but he's not the best he's ever going to be, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I know your people would say that about you. And you've been with them twenty plus years now, mm-hmm. twenty two years, I think. Uh, I think they would all say, all say, brother John O, is ten times the pastor now than he was when we got I him hope so. you know, <laughs> two decades ago." I you hope know, so um, I mean, that's that's a grace that God gives to a church. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, what? What greater example of progressive sanctification should our church see than in their own pastors? It would be a curse to me if our people
0: sat out there and thought, man, our pastor's mm-hmm. just stodgy, and he's getting mm-hmm. old and cranky, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's not yeah. warm, and, you know, you can't talk to him, and he's not mm-hmm. approachable, and he's mm-hmm. not accessible. And, uh, and and I know, that, again, there's there's balance in everything, but right. at the, at the right. same time, brother, um, the older I get, I want my
2: heart to be more tender. Mm-hmm. Mm we should exhibit the christian graces yeah. more and more and more as as we progress with christ sanctification's you know, progressive brother you brought that out yesterday absolutely and it's not just it's not just the things that we abstain from i mean it, right. it, i think the real evidence comes more in in the prominence of the christian graces in our heart and life you know and you know just to be very transparent i look back to the pastor i was in my 30s and i would have to say i was probably arrogant you know uh A little more impulsive than I needed to be about things, and and I think God Mm -hmm. has knocked a lot of those edges off of me, you know.
0: Well, that might be a good segue into Mm -hmm. the second half, maybe, of Mm -hmm. some of the things that Mm -hmm. that we would talk about. Um, Joe's probably the only one that knows this, uh, but Dr. David Prince up at uh, Southern Seminary Mm -hmm. is a dear friend of mine. I love him and have a lot of respect for him, and uh, he's writing a book uh, that will be coming out in the fall called Preaching the Truth as it is in Jesus. And mm-hmm. that's a quote that Andrew Fuller used all the time, also a quote from Ephesians. and um, So it's a reader on Andrew Fuller, and he asked me to write a recommendation for it. So obviously yeah. I had to read every word right. and did, right. mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was very enriching. But one of the things Andrew Fuller says in this book, a warning to expository preachers, which is what mm-hmm. Joe is, it's what you are, it's what I am, and pretty much everybody that runs in our circles. Right. Um, Fuller was was talking about that um, when, when you get into expository preaching, if you're not careful, you can fall into the trap of studying simply to fill a slot. Mm-hmm. You've got Three expositions this week, and you you can just begin to study mechanically. Mm-hmm. Have you battled that some in your life?
2: I think every expositor's battled mm-hmm. that at one time or another. Uh, and boy, we keep kicking this word balance around, but that's yeah. still critical because there is a mechanic to it. Mm-hmm. There there is a rhythm to it. Right. There is a there's a science to it. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Hermeneutics. Right. And, and mm-hmm. what does it mean to rightly divide the word of truth? And how do you exegete a text? And how do you avoid eisegesis and all those things? So mm-hmm. while I think we employ, you know, all, all of the disciplines that we've learned about good Bible interpretation and preaching, you still, I think, just a cautionary tale that you have to make sure, you know, that it doesn't just become checklist kind of stuff. Yes, sir. You know, and, and cold and sterile. Yeah. And without heart and life, and yeah. and man, I have battled that. I let me put it like this: I battle that. Yeah. It's not something that I think I fought and conquered, you know. And I think it's just going to be that way until Jesus says, "Come up hither." You know, I, I think I'll always battle it. And, and I don't think that that tension is necessarily a negative thing. Yeah, hmm. I think if the tension's not there, it would probably indicate that you've already caved. You yeah. know, yeah. So. brother Jeff. And when he first
0: started using this term, it, it offended me a little bit, probably because I was guilty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, he's always warning us mm-hmm. uh, about expositional idolatry. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is a possibility that a man can make an idol out of the system of expository preaching. Don't you believe that's a threat?
2: I, I do, and, and I'd even go a step farther. I think, I think it's always a temptation to take any good thing of yeah. Christ and make it an idol and and i think expository preaching is certainly one of those things and and if a pastor's not careful he uh can slip into pride yeah you know and yes sir it's 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 almost like an Elijah thing i'm the only one you right. know left is right. yeah. doing it yeah, and yes, sir. and while i am g- gravely concerned that expository preaching is not anywhere near as prominent in our churches as it ought to be i think right. we still you know have to um make sure that that we are not exalting it to a place, you know, to where we're almost bowing down and worshiping at the throne of, mm-hmm. of expository preaching. Of a technique, yeah. Because expository preaching is still about what? It's still about exalting Christ and edifying the saints, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think we need to be looking at ourselves something special just because we're doing it yeah. uh, in the sense that we're somehow elevated above above others, you know, whatever. I guess this would be the caution that
0: I would just give to any brother out there listening, and that is do the hard work, Mm -hmm. do the study, rightly divide the word of truth, put the time in in exegesis and Mm -hmm. hermeneutics and do your word studies and, you know, do everything you can, like you said, to Mm -hmm. make sure that we have biblical scholarship that's true to the text. But all through that as you're studying, and especially at the end over the weekend and, It should be a part of the whole process, but when Mm -hmm. you complete that, I would just challenge every brother listening to sit around and pray and meditate and think on, God, how can I apply this Mm -hmm. to the people that you have died for, that you Mm -hmm. love, this is your church purchased with your blood? How can I apply this in a way that it's not just a correct exposition of the text, Mm -hmm. but they can actually uh, apply it and use it in their lives this week?
2: Well, certainly. I mean, a part of good expository preaching has to be application. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and you mentioned a while ago we segue mm-hmm. over from devotional life to expository preaching, and I understand that for the purpose of a time like we're spending, you do that. But in life, you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the devotion stays attached to expository preaching, and I think as long as that happens, you're probably going to be on some pretty solid ground. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. I've kind of
0: dominated the questions That's great. so far. Do you have any question you'd like to
1: add? Or I was going to ask right on that, along those same lines. Would you say then, getting back to intimacy, that that would be one of the safeguards that you'd kind of have in place to keep from making it something mm-hmm. mechanical, and mm-hmm. just having that quiet time and that intimacy with the Lord and communing with Him through prayer? Sure.
2: Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I didn't go a step farther. I'd say it's the safeguard for everything. There you go. You know. Temptation, purity, holiness, yeah. uh, preaching, loving mm. your wife, leading your kids—you know—it's to me, it is the one non-negotiable mm. for for every disciple of Christ, not just pastors. You know, is that we uh, maintain and, and do healthy maintenance mm. on our on our devotional life. And if someone were to ask me, you know, outside of expository preaching and all that, what has been the one staple? Of of your walk with God for the last thirty one years, I, I'd have to attribute it to, mm-hmm. you know, having personal time with the Lord, um, being being faithful in that. Um, you know, I, don't get me wrong. It, it, there's been seasons in it where it's been dry and and difficult, but you yeah. you weather that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I and I think sometimes that's all a part of God's sovereign work of grace. Uh, it, when it is a little dry, I do think that there. Develops in us a hunger and a thirst and a and a longing to have that again. Yeah, you man. know, yeah. and, and it's a time of renewal. And mm-hmm. sometimes that happens through a revival. Sometimes it happens on your own. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can't you can't compartmentalize your life as a Amen. as an expository preacher and say I've got my preaching life, I've got my devotional life, exactly. my Family life. I mean, we all know that's hazardous for any disciple of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So we it's it's all both and comprehensive. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Um. Brother, you know,
0: 31-plus-year expositor, you've been Mm -hmm. preaching the Word. Um, I was, I think, in my last semester at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, when Mm -hmm. you were starting your first, or Mm -hmm. close to that. Something
2: like that. We overlapped.
0: You were coming in, I was going out. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And uh, we met way back yonder, and you were Mm -hmm. pastoring a church out in Weatherford, Texas Mm -hmm. at that time. And... Uh, we got to be really good friends because we both love Christ and both love expository preaching. And we right. we were among the few conservatives. <laughs> it's true, man. At that time. It is. And so we kind of clung to each other and, and got to be good friends. So I've known you and you've known me pretty much our entire ministries. Mm-hmm. And here we are sitting now, it's crazy, isn't it? Three decades yep. <clears throat> down the road. Yep. It just seems like a flash in so many ways. But. Brother, as as you, this is, man, I know this is an open-ended question, but mm-hmm. as you look back over 31-plus years of mm-hmm. verse-by-verse, book-by-book, exposition of Scripture, what would you say would be the benefit, what would be the fruit, what would be the difference in the way you and I preach, which is expositorily, as opposed to a guy that might be Completing three decades of his ministry just every week coming up with a title and coming mm-hmm. up with an idea and mm-hmm. preaching some topical how-to or self-help type right. sermon. What, right. what would be the marked leap-off-the-page
2: difference in your estimation of what you've witnessed? Mm-hmm. Let me do that in reverse. Um, for the guy that's invested three decades, let's just say, in topical preaching, this is, this is something I want to say, and this is by observance. What I've noticed with most of those guys, and I think I'm right about this, is that they have about 15 or 20 topics. So when you say a topical preacher, how many topics can you really have? Exactly. And all they do is repackage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Throw it in a, in a new bag, mix it up, and then spit it out a little bit different than they did before. Right. So one of the most glaring mm-hmm. things would be is the the people in that church aren't getting a balanced diet. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they're just getting these little snippets of of things well they may have some value in terms of application but I just think man that that the church ends up shallow the the church mm-hmm. ends up incomplete in the body of teaching that they really need to to be a growing and dynamic disciple of Christ so that would be one thing and and then what I discover is well now let me say something about topical preaching um, I don't want to get too scattered here but I'm going to preach a topical message tonight. Sure. Okay. I'm going to preach a message on the topic of prayer, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a thorough exposition. Sure. Right? So I I'm, I think I understand what you're saying by a topical preacher and what you and I would do if we were dealing with a topic. Different deal. It, it's a it? different thing. We're yeah. still going to do exposition. Right. You know, so, um, but I, I think, man, when you, when you think about week in week out exposition, it. It elevates the congregations to a place of a high view of Scripture, okay? It trumpets the centrality of preaching. Amen. And and the critical importance, the authority yes. of, of, of God's Word really begins to settle <clears throat> in uh, on the church. Uh, for example, you and I maybe have been in a situation or two where we're preaching as a guest somewhere. And I've been told this. We we've got our music and worship time, and then Pastor, you've mm-hmm. got twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Now, while I don't think there's any glory in a long sermon, I just do not see how you can exegete a text in most cases in anything less than 40, 45 minutes. Amen. I mean, it's just not possible. <clears throat> um, if you're going to do thorough thorough exegesis, and all, it just can't happen. So, I, I, what you end up with is big. A big Disney production mm. for the lighting and the sound and the and the worship and all that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say exalt one way or right or wrong all mm. that stuff. But what I what I mean is, you know, preaching becomes sort of the stepchild. I mean, everything else is mm. is the show. So I think expository preaching brings a seriousness to the pulpit. Mm. It's it's not the 25 30 minute comedy show. Uh, we're standing up there you know, with, with the timeless truths of God to, to preach in these truthless times. And, and we're saying we're about to open, open up the Word of God. It's time to sit up straight. It's time to get your mind in gear. Mm. It's, it's time to, to see what thus saith the Lord. So, I, I, I mean, man, I know there's a lot we could say about this. I, I think it just brings a maturity to the congregation mm-hmm. that, that you don't get otherwise. And a great example is just preaching in your church this week. I can tell that your people are accustomed to sitting under an expositor, man. Bibles are open. Um, eyes are, are dialed in. Y- you can tell that they're tracking. They, there is a discipline of listening no yeah, doubt. to an expository message. No doubt about it. And and once a congregation cuts its teeth on that, they don't want anything else. That's and, right. You know, so, <clears throat> That's right. Uh, that, among other things, of course, is just some of the benefits. And I know we can flesh that out further if you want to. I've had a
0: comment through the years, and I think you have too. I think probably every expositor have. But when I came here, um, I mean within the first six months of my ministry here, mm-hmm. I had senior adults in their 80s plus, 80s, 90s, come up to me and say, <clears throat> I've learned more in six months with you preaching expositorily mm-hmm. than I have in the other 60 years. Yes, I, That's been a frequent. Uh, statement that people have said to me of all ages, but particularly elderly people.
2: Right, man, and I and it's it's sad. It is sad. It's, it's a tragedy to be honest with you. And and while we rejoice in the fact that they have, we also lament the fact that they've had sixty decades, or excuse me, six decades, to where, man, they they just didn't get the word. They didn't get the 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 meat that they needed. Starving.
0: Oh, that's right. Old, yeah. brother, old brother bill stafford used to say god's folks are starving to death and they don't even know it it's
2: yeah. true it is true it's, it's true. sad it's uh that's often the case you yep. know mm-hmm. samson the power of the lord left him he didn't know yep. it, you yep. know mm-hmm. um, and, yep. uh, ignorance is no excuse for the condition that we're in you yep. know but but at any rate man i i think those kind of statements we're hearing way too frequent yeah in, hmm. in our in our churches you know and and uh brother it's incumbent upon us you yeah. know to, to be the men of god and to, and to be the pastors that god's mm-hmm. called us to do and we all think and, and affirm that expository preaching is not a way it's the way to go amen the only way yeah and yeah
0: you know uh i have young pastors when you kind of been in it as long as we have and this mm-hmm. is one of the joys i love mm-hmm. pastors i love to spend time with pastors and i, I filled a lot of calls um uh, yeah three four plus a week and several lunches a week of guys, you know, mm-hmm. just wanting to talk and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're going through the war and they're getting their brains beat out and they yeah. they need yeah. they need some solid ground. They need to talk to a brother and, that can tell them, hey, hang in there, you know, and right. don't give up. Right. But almost without exception, uh, when I sit down with a young preacher, he wants to talk about uh, church discipline. He wants to talk about elders. Mm-hmm. He wants to talk about mm-hmm. the doctrines of grace. He wants to talk about a thousand different. And there are component parts I can see in mm-hmm. his mind. they are component parts right. that he wants to plug into the motherboard, you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> make this yeah. thing work. Yeah. And he doesn't understand. And, and one of the first things I'll say to a young guy is, look, don't do anything in your church but establish biblical authority. Yes. Don't do anything. And he'll say, well, how do you do that? And I said, man, preach the word verse by verse, book by book for five, six, seven, eight, nine yes. years, routinely, systematically. No matter what happens, you keep reloading and going back to that pulpit, back to that pulpit, and maybe somewhere out there, about year ten or so, yeah. you'll become the pastor and you can you can begin you know to lead them. But what what they don't understand is that until biblical authority is established yes. and the congregation understands what they should have all mm-hmm. along. As the Baptist faith and message says that the Bible shall be our sole guide in all matters of faith and practice. Until you get that foundation laid and they understand
2: the Bible is our source of authority. You're just spinning your wheels. There is so much wisdom in what you just said. Um so many guys they do make that mistake. They're I, I think in a lot of cases their hearts right. Yeah. They sure. they want to see the church healthy. You know, they, they want to see it exhibiting the traits that, that would please the Lord. But if they try to do that too early, it's it's kind of like doing heart surgery on an infant that's not even well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you've got to let that body mm-hmm. uh, gain a little strength, a little more spiritual dexterity, mm-hmm. so that they can chew on what you're trying to give them, you mm-hmm. know. And, and you're absolutely right. Uh, scriptural authority is kind of the fountainhead of all of that. Absolutely, I mean, you know, uh, and and what happens, and it doesn't happen overnight, is uh-huh. they just they just start hearing our pastor say, "Well, the Bible says, yeah. um, let me show you what how Scripture addresses that," and and then you're you're preaching expositorily all you know all through the year after year after year, week after week, and sooner or later they start to get it, uh-huh. you know. I, our pastor's teaching us that we don't make a move. We don't do anything if there's not scriptural foundation for doing Amen. It, You know, And I, I just don't think, man, that's the thing that happens overnight yeah. with most, most churches because most churches hmm. are so sick and mm-hmm. unhealthy and so diseased with, with wrongheadedness and wrong thinking and s- scriptural illiteracy. You know the, the gamut of things oh, yeah. that we could identify. That, that kind of stuff is not remedied overnight. No, sir. You know, it's not like a guy They didn't just, get there overnight. <laughs> that's right. He can't <laughs> just come on the field and, you know, punch a spiritual vaccine in their arm and then expect, okay, now everything's good. I preached three messages on what a healthy church is now. Mm. We should be known. You know, yeah. we, we should be ready to go. Yeah. Well, if a guy's being honest, his own his own sanctification pitfalls ought to tell him more than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that we all have had those areas in our life where the Lord's had to— to work on us and struggle mm-hmm. struggle through it, their church is gonna be the same way. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know,
0: David Miller always quotes the Isaiah passage, precept upon precept, mm-hmm. line upon line, here a little, mm-hmm. there a little. Mm-hmm. And this is a statement that I've made through the years. Expository ministry is so slow, mm-hmm. so meticulous, you, you you literally take one step forward and three back, you know, all the time. It is. And it's such a slow process of God building his church Mm -hmm. on the word from the foundation up. I I think that process is so slow that uh, many pastors never – even will get to see what a true church is because they don't hang in there. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't, they don't see it through. They don't stick with and and all these temptations come to mm-hmm. try this new method or mm-hmm. try this pragmatic approach. And a lot of guys just abandon ship. That they, they they themselves are pragmatists because they say, "Hey, brother John, this ain't working." Right. And they preach two months expository, right. you know,
2: right. brother. We're talking decades, right? You we're, are. It's a long term proposition, yeah. man. It, yeah. It's um, t- to use a word that we typically kind of cringe at. It is an evolution. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. a a slow working Process, process yep. man. I mean, yeah. It's 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 just one of those things that patience, perseverance, endurance is are the key elements. You know that fruit of, of the spirit, I mean, patience, it, is it really is man? Yeah,
0: required, isn't it? It is. Amen, it brother. Is. Well, yeah. uh, just curious, what
2: book are you? exegeting what book are you preaching through at your church the book of acts and luke's gospel wonderful so i'm doing two different expositions in, in different services right. you know so uh we we um we are in chapter nine of in, acts in the book of acts right gotcha. now so i i felt like upon coming to the church i've been there two and a half years now <clears throat> um just talking about establishing the authority of mm-hmm. the word and just looking at the church amen mm-hmm. What what did the church look like right out of the womb of God, you know, sure. as it was birthed in, in that transitional book of Acts? So that was really a driving force, particularly tackling that book. Yes,
0: sir. Good right. deal. Well, I'm I'm in very encouraged to hear that you'll be preaching tonight on prayer, brother. Amen. Um, we need that. And yesterday was so helpful to us. And mm-hmm. I know the reward comes at the end, brother. I, I get that. But I just want to say I, I think faithful men of God don't hear it enough, you know, in their lifetime. And that mm-hmm. is... Brother, thank you for being a mm-hmm. man of integrity. Mm-hmm. You've always been that way. Thank you for being a man of great character. Uh, the way you loved Julie, um, the way you loved your girls and still do and is an example to us all. And, mm-hmm. brother, your faithful, consistent sticking with the stuff mm-hmm. has encouraged me through the years. And um, I can't tell you what a gift it is, your friendship um, I can't tell you what a gift it is to have you here this week. Hmm. Um, brother, I told you this morning, if we stop this meeting right now, I would say praise God and hallelujah, because God has already done so much just through yesterday. Exactly. But I just can't wait to see what God does through the remainder of this meeting. Amen. Uh, God's really using you, brother, and I love you,
2: I respect you, and it's just a joy to call you a friend. Well, let me just say all those sentiments are are reciprocated. Um, I see all those things in you and and uh, see the fruit of the spirit in your life and family etc man so it again it is such a privilege to be here and stand in your pulpit and get to know you a little bit Joe as well I've just met you for the first time this week and how blessed Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church is to have both of you here And, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it
1: well we are certainly thankful to have you here with us brother Richard we also want to direct our listeners, if you would like to listen to the messages that Brother Richard has been preaching and will be preaching at our own revival this coming week, please go to our website, www.snbconline.com. You can also go to our Facebook page to get those uh, a little quicker. But I'd also want to encourage you to go to his church's website, eastanali.church. That's spelled E A S T A N A L L. E-E dot church, and if you're in the east tennessee area anywhere near riceville tennessee we'd like to encourage you to look up the church and go and uh you'll be able to find a good healthy church there to be able to get plugged into and to hear the word of god preached thank you guys so much for your time with us here today we love you
0: thank you for listening to the faithful Expositor. For more information on Brother John O's ministry, go to our church website, smbconline.com, and follow him on Twitter at John o. Sims.